Hi there, listeners. It's Farnoosh. And I just want to say I'm really honored that you've chosen to subscribe to So Money. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. The fact that you're here is not lost on me. Now, if you're enjoying these episodes and you're benefiting from the advice and you want more, I've actually created something really special for us. It's called the So Money Members Club. It's an online platform where you can connect more closely with me and engage with fellow So Money fans who want to become more empowered in their financial lives. The website is So Money members.com. And when you go there, you'll learn all the benefits, including exclusive monthly finance workshops, private group calls with me. You get your questions answered in our member community. I'm often in there weighing in, and you get instant access to all of our workshop recordings. We have a robust library that's growing so far. We've had workshops on investing in real estate, kids and money, and how to earn more in 2024. And most of all, it's fun, positive, encouraging, all the things personal finance should be. Go to somoneymembers.com and I hope you'll join us. I'm limiting enrollment and doors will close soon. Check out somoneymembers.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hosting the So Money podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money members club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with tap to pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So 1616, Leveraging Curiosity in Your Career with Danielle Robay, journalist and host of the Pretty Smart Podcast. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry. You're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life. Welcome to So Money. I personally had a lot of limiting beliefs around money. And I I now feel like to, to quote Cher, I want to become the rich man that my grandparents told me to marry. Um, but I didn't think that was possible. I always, I grew up thinking, oh, well, I can take risks or I can be creative because my income will be secondary. That's a really dangerous story to tell yourself because that's not the case. I'm now 33. I just froze my eggs. I'm not partnered. No one is paying my bills, you know? So that's not the right story to be telling yourself. 
Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. You know, reflecting on the very first episode of So Money, episode one, if you can recall, it was with Tony Robbins. We talked about the power of curiosity. For Tony, curiosity is the thing that he credits for his success, the curiosity that has driven him to continue learning in life, to ask questions, to get to the bottom of things. Well, today we're going to revisit curiosity, a trait that we all have, some more than others. When I was younger, my mother used to call me Fuzul, which in Farsi means nosy. But I just think it was really that I was a very, very curious little girl. Our guest today felt similarly growing up. And now as she is a correspondent and journalist and entrepreneur, she credits her curiosity for so much of her career success and the direction that her life has taken her. Danielle Robe joins us. You may know her. She is the creator and host of the Pretty Smart Podcast, where she interviews some of today's most dynamic voices I'm actually on the show today. I'm on Pretty Smart today. So after this interview, be sure to go and check out Pretty Smart. Here, Danielle and I talk about building wealth. And she was really curious to learn about my thoughts on couples and money. On our show today, Danielle talks about her curiosity, how she's leveraged it, coming to LA with not a lot of money, the media mogul that she met serendipitously, who ended up becoming her mentor. Danielle is also in the process of freezing her eggs. If you're in the audience and curious about that process, Danielle has advice. Here's Danielle Robay. Danielle Robay, welcome to So Money and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of your podcast, so I'm excited to be a guest on it today. I have to say that that never gets old when I reach out to someone who I admire, as I do you, and asked, uh, with tail between my legs, can I come on your podcast and talk about my book and talk? And you were like, hey, Farnoosh, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> well, like, oh. there's been, we've had a few guests that have overlapped. And so that's how I originally found your pod because I love to do my research. I'm a journalist by trade. Yes. And so I found your interview. I forgot which guest it was. And I it was by far the best interview that that person had done. And so I started following your podcast and listening wow. to all of them. Thank you for saying that. Well, you are a journalist with a capital J. I love so- talking to journalists. You know, I'm also a journalist. That was my first trade, my first practice, and still so much of my journalism background I bring into the work that I do, mainly the curiosity. And you have always been an extremely curious young girl, woman. And I want to maybe start with your early years of realizing that curiosity is something that you can make into a career. Yeah. And you came to Los Angeles from Chicago at 22 with this ambition to become a reporter. And like a lot of 22-year-olds in a big city, it was like you living in your friend's garage. Take me back to those days and those weeks. And what kept you going? Like LA is a hard... I was just... I just came from LA. It's a tough city. It is uh, not an easy city to financially stay afloat in, that's for sure. Uh, Although New York does seem tougher to me. But um, yeah, I moved when I was 22. I moved into a garage. I had no money. I had like $8,000 in my bank account, which um, I know can maybe sound like a, a, a good amount to have put aside to some people. But when you move to LA, it's like, once you get a parking ticket and eat a meal at Dantana's, it's gone. <laughs> like, it goes really fast. And I got a lot of parking tickets. So um, I was terrified, but 
I had this crazy dream and this sort of instinct, this like deep knowing Mm. that I was going to make it happen. That like I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know how or in what capacity. That is such an interesting observation. I have felt that way too. I don't think this is everybody. Someone came up to me the other day and he asked me, he said, Farnoosh, do you ever feel like you're destined for something greater? It is, how would you describe it? You know, to have experienced it at such a young age, I think it's such a gift. Maybe we all have that whisper in us, but there's something that has to happen, which is that you have to be in touch with that voice. And so I want to learn a little bit more about what that voice was telling you and why you knew in the in your bones, in your heart, that this was going to happen for you. Where did that faith come from? It's interesting that you use the word faith because I actually had no faith, um, or I guess traditional, in the traditional sense. Um, I grew up Jewish. I am Jewish, but I'm not religious. Um, and I... I didn't have a ton of faith and I actually uh, found it in LA through a mentor of mine. That's like a whole different story. I do feel like I have a strong faith now, but um, it was this feeling. uh, I think it was twofold. It was one, no one was going to stop me. I just, I had my eye on the prize and it's all I could think about. I would go to sleep at night thinking, who do I need to meet? Um, how can I get on this movie red carpet? Um, I would watch people that I admired and I would seethe with envy. <laughs> Ollie. Really sorry. She has a dog. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Ollie's not part of the show. Yes. <laughs> I would seethe with envy and not in a um, jealous way. Like I, I didn't want anything bad for anybody else. I just would like salivate, like I want it and I know I can do it. So Mm -hmm. how can I get there? And I would kind of backtrack. I think in careers, um, nobody totally reinvents the wheel. Obviously tech changes and the world changes. And so you have to adapt, but I loved Barbara Walters career. And so Mm -hmm. I tried to track backwards. I looked at her Wikipedia, I read her memoir and I thought, okay, this is how she started. She started at ABC producing. So that means I need to learn how to produce things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I backtracked and I tried to learn all the skills that I needed to learn to do that. We call it reverse engineering. And yeah. I'm also a, a pra- I practice that. So fast forward today, you're a TV host, still a journalist, correspondent for IMDb, NBC for LA. You have an incredible, this is how I learned about you, your video podcast, Pretty Smart. And your credits include every, I mean, everything, um, Extra, E, Entertainment Tonight, NBC, Steve Harvey Show. So what was your break? What was your first big break? And then I also want to understand how you kept things going, the wheels turning financially. You had $8,000 to get you a bit of a jump start. I don't know. Did the job start coming quickly? Um, did you have to do like crazy? Like I babysat and pet sat in Los in New York when I first moved there with a master's in journalism, mind you. I didn't care. I was like, I gotta pay off my student loans. Yep. Um, so what? So, so big. So I want to know big break. And by the way, listeners, we're gonna get to her mentor because it was Larry King. But your big break, and then kind of what you were doing up until then to, to sort of keep yourself financially solvent. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll, if it's okay with you, I'll weave the whole story together. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so I had $8,000 and was living in a garage and I thought I need to get on a red carpet. So I started emailing people. No one would reply to me. So I budgeted out a certain amount for 
presents. And I would send people cookies and bamboo plants and write a little note that said, you know, I'm so eager. Um, If you need anybody last minute, I'm happy to work for free. Just like, give me a shot. You won't regret it, which is this terrible note, but I didn't know any better. And people would email me back and say, like, we received your cookies or bamboo. Thank you so much. We don't have anything for you, but we'll keep you in mind. And I then had their email. So every few months, I would reply and send an updated reel or check in. Mm. And about four months into living in L.A., a woman uh, emailed me or called me and said, our host dropped out. She's sick. Can you fill in? And it was because I was top of mind because I had sent cookies and emailed and kept in touch. And I said, hell yes, I will be there. So uh, I was there. I got an exclusive with Simon Cowell. And so I've never seen him again. I owe him a huge thank you. (laughs) But they hired me. And so I think I made like (gasps) I think I made like twenty five dollars per red carpet. What? Yeah, it didn't. In when I was happy to be making it because before I was doing it for free. Right, right, right. Oh my gosh, that is okay. Well, later we. I want to talk about the pay complexities in Hollywood, and I think you know I get it. We have to put in the time and effort in the beginning. You're you're really investing in yourself. Like some people might go to grad school, and others might just work for free for a couple of months or whatever, twenty five dollars, so that they can get the credentials to then get paid finally. So um, were you doing that math in your head though? Were you like, okay, this is, this is just what I need to do. You know, I wasn't doing any math. I used to be really financially illiterate. Um, I would say it's only been in the last four years where I've even started reading and getting my shit together, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, because I wasn't making enough, I, I mean, to correct me if I'm wrong, but I wasn't making enough money to even be thinking about money. Like right. I was just trying to survive. <laughs> right, right. Um, so That's I, fair. yeah, I wasn't. And I was, I mean, I guess really like an artist. I was like moved by passion. <laughs> so I wasn't thinking about it at the beginning. Um, but as soon as I had to start paying real rent because the garage was free. Uh, my grandmother's friend let me live there. As soon as I started paying rent, I started thinking about money yeah. in a different way. So you get the gig after um, filling in for the host who couldn't make it. They hired you. What was that job? Was it? It was like online red carpet reporting. So if a dog had a birthday party in LA, I covered it. Like, and I'm not even joking. I did. Co- I covered Christina Millian's, Millian's dog's birthday at one point. Um who's a good boy was not one of my typical questions, but I threw it out there. So I was just hustling, you know? And so when did you meet Larry King and and how did he usher you into the sort of the next chapter in your profession? Yeah. So I started working at an online media outlet uh, and really learning the internet. It was one of those places where like people like rode around on hoverboards. It was a wild atmosphere and really a lot of fun. There was like six hosts and we all did digital shows. Um, A lot of them now have become on or have like gone on to become big YouTubers and influencers. And I always wanted to be a journalist. And so when we were doing these shows, they started acting really silly. And I was like, oh my God, these sh- the, the internet lives forever. I got to get out of here. I want to be on Good Morning America. <laughs> so right, right. I got a new job. Uh, I started working at Entertainment Tonight Online. And um, 
eventually I quit. It was just not for me. It's not what I thought it was, uh, which was really hard. Can you get a little more specific, Danielle? Like what was it? (laughs) It, so entertainment tonight is the gold standard of entertainment news. And so when I was walking in there, I thought, okay, I'm the youngest person they've ever hired. This is it. This is what all the sacrifices were for. This is what I was waiting for. Like I was, I didn't go to my friend's birthdays. I didn't go out at night. I was laser focused and I was like, this was it. So I walk in the first day and everyone was kind of like, I came from an environment where everybody was really collaborative and fun. And I walk in and they were kind of all like sizing me up and not as friendly. And I was like, oh shit, I don't think this is what I thought it was going to be. And then I made some friends and everybody got a little bit nicer. But I was just sitting there writing stories about people's lives. And I was like, I was a political science major. I did local news. Like this is just not, this is not for me. I, I think I had grown out of the dream in some ways. And so uh, my mom convinced me to quit. And I remember having this phone call, like, how am I going to pay my rent? I can't quit. And she was like, I don't know, but you'll figure it out. Like how she was like a little, it was a little aggressive, but she was like, how pissed would you be if you got hit by a bus tomorrow and you spent your last day in that building in Burbank? Oh my God. And I was like, you're right. I'd be so pissed. It was such a depressing building. (laughs) Yeah. So Mm. I quit and I was, I was really depressed. Um, It was one of the saddest times. Um, I think I was mourning, you know, the dream. I didn't know if anyone would ever hire me again. I had no money. So I just uh, started like writing down questions. I wrote down questions of everybody I've ever wanted to interview because, you know, everyone wants to chat with Oprah or Michael Jordan. But then when you see them, cat's got your tongue, you know, like I wanted to be prepared. And one day a friend of mine was like, you know, you've been so, so down. I have a surprise for you. And I was like, okay. And he said, be ready at 630 in the morning. I'm going to pick you up, do your hair and makeup. And I was like, hair and makeup? And he was like, you're just, believe me, just trust me. Wow. Who's his friend? (laughs) Right. An an LA friend. So um, he picks me up and we go to Nate Nals, which is a deli in Beverly Hills. And I walk in and there's Larry King. Oh my God. And I'm a student. So I had watched hundreds of hours of Barbara Walters and Larry King and George Stephanopoulos and Bob Costas and all the people that I thought were doing it best. So I walk over to Larry and I was really nervous and I said hello and he was so friendly and he would have breakfast six days a week with all of his childhood friends. Like his cousin would show up. His fr- I mean, I was the youngest at the table by maybe four decades. So I sit there and we're all chatting and laughing. And at the end of breakfast, I was like, Larry, I have to come back tomorrow. I didn't get to ask you one question. He was so naturally curious. He asked me a million questions. And he goes, don't you have a job? And I said, I actually don't. And he goes, well, you're welcome anytime. Uh So I started coming back for breakfast and it totally lifted me out of any sadness because I saw what could be. Um, I learned from the king, the king of questions. And Mm -hmm. he... He really like refined how I ask questions and my approach and how to, um, when people aren't answering, how to get them to open up. And he would always say to me, you need your own show. And I was like, my own show, CNN's not calling like they called you 30 years ago. You know, it's just not the same anymore. 
And he would always say it to me. And, you know, I'll, I'll fast forward. Eventually, I go on in my career. I, w- I did a morning show in Chicago. And then I came back to LA and worked again at IMDb and NBC News and eventually at E! And then when the pandemic hit, I launched Pretty Smart. And it was the show that I had always wanted to create. And I heard that whisper again. And mm-hmm. this time it was more Larry's voice. You mm-hmm. know, it was like, start the Good show. job, kid. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was more like, you know, <laughs> maybe CNN's not calling, but you can do it. Exactly. And that's the beauty of the new media landscape. And um, it's actually the thing that uh, it's the advice I most need to hear, but it's also the advice I give the most, which usually are one and the same. And it's that if nobody's hiring you for something, go create it because either it will be a success or eventually someone will see that you can do the thing and hire you. Exactly. And uh, so Pretty Smart is uh, is the podcast and I interview women like you who put a new spin on pretty. Um, I think about all the beautiful women in my life and they're pretty bold, pretty witty, pretty strong. And I'm a... a book nerd. So I named it pretty smart, but, um, it's been the absolute highlight of my career. Do you feel like that with the podcast? Like I, it's so cool to interview. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, nine years, this, this show, this is yeah. we're in January of 2024. So it's been nine years. I, I haven't done anything for nine years straight, except be, be married to my husband. Yeah. And, and you I'm, do multiple a week. I do many a week. I do three episodes a week, which now I'm like, Hmm, there's no way out of that. <laughs> back myself into a corner. I started with seven, then I went to five, now I'm at three, but I truly love it. And I give all the advice, you know, be consistent and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately it, it might not work. And I'm just, I feel very much like luck has played a big role in the, like I found something that I truly enjoy to do. Not, you know, look, I have my, my slow days and my days where I don't want to turn on my microphone, but by yeah. and large, it is definitely, it feels like a calling. Yeah, I think so too. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Did you know that I'm a podcast host and also a mind reader? Because I know that you want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising costs of inflation, to pay off your debt or your mortgage. You want to attack pretty much anything standing in the way of you and your financial freedom, right? Well, here's one solution more knowledge. This podcast helps, I hope. And you can use Yahoo Finance, where you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need to help reach your definition of financial freedom. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, and I know because I worked there for many years, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, customizable charts, so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com.
The weather's getting warmer as I record. It's a nice 73 degrees on the East Coast. So finally, time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and fingers crossed hello to shorts and tees. And I need to update my wardrobe for the long haul. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune. So luckily I found Quince. I'm honest. I've got a lineup of timeless pieces from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karakol jewelry, and tons more. Best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I have t-shirts from Quince, pajamas from Quince. My very chic and fashionable sister-in-law, Hannah, her whole closet is Quince. And people often stop us and ask, where did you get this? Don't tell me the price. And then when I do, they're shopping on quince.com. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash so money for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash so money to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so money. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy. You want a bra that's comfortable. You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. I have this quote about luck that I love. Um, one of the old presidents of Microsoft grew up in a rural village in China, like in, poor, like we don't understand in America, right? Like if you're making $2 a day, you're wealthy there. And um, he eventually went on to become the president of Microsoft. And it was unbelievable that someone from his community even made it out of that village. And uh, I read an interview and he said, uh, he was asked how much luck was like, how much did luck play a role in your story? And he said, you know, I think of luck like a bus. Uh, the buses keep coming, but you're never going to get on if you're not at the bus station. Exactly. Oh my God. Gave me goosebumps. I want to write about luck. I think there's so much to unpack and then we don't give luck enough. Like we're afraid of talking about luck because we feel sometimes it, it discredits our efforts or our ambitions. And I, and I want to say exactly what this Microsoft CEO or president said, which is that, yeah, there's luck, but there's also showing up and receiving that luck, which is your effort, which is your proactiveness. Um, yeah. sp- going back to your natural curiosity, there's a quote I read of yours in, I think it was in Forbes, where you were interviewed about, by the way, everybody, Danielle has a game, a card game called 52 Questions. And it essentially... Um, it's bringing to life your your love for curiosity and also your the evidence of how curiosity has brought you to so many points in your life. 
But the quote is, I think I went into my career because I was naturally curious, but I didn't recognize the transformative power of questions until I used them in my own life. So I want to know from you, Danielle, what are some of the questions for yourself or for others that you would encourage asking ourselves, um, perhaps regarding our careers, our financial wellness, so that we can be more constructive, we can maybe realize more about ourselves, we can make those healthier choices and feel like we're onto the right moves? Okay, I have to think about this, um, especially in terms of financials. Um, Some of the things that are popping into my mind, and maybe you can help me build off of these, but um, one is what is your money story? Mm -hmm. Um, I think lately, I think a a lot about um, the stories I'm telling myself. So if I'm in an argument or a disagreement with somebody, instead of replying and saying, I feel like you X, Y, and Z. I now say the story I'm telling myself is that Mm. when you said X, I felt this way because really that's what it is. It's a story. It's not an intention. I could have totally misinterpreted what they said. So um, I think money um, Mm. really coincides with stories. What money story are you telling yourself? What stories have you received from your family, from your friends? I personally had a lot of limiting beliefs around money. And I I now feel like to, to quote Cher, I want to become the rich man that my grandparents told me to marry. Right. Um, but I didn't think that was possible. I always, I grew up thinking, oh, well, I can take risks or I can be creative because my income will be secondary. And that's a really dangerous story to tell yourself because that's not the case. I'm now 33. I just froze my eggs. I'm not partnered. No one is paying my bills, you know? So that's not the right story to be telling yourself. Um, Yeah, go ahead. I I love that question. I I think that is the most important money question, Um, you know? So I asked for questions, but let's just focus on that one because it's true. The stories we tell ourselves about money, about a lot of things, often point to limiting beliefs. And so the next step is to question that story. Why do I believe that? How is this story serving me? Maybe it served you to a point. Now you have to rewrite it. I talk about that in a healthy state of panic too. I think a lot of times when we're afraid of something in our financial lives, we're afraid of losing money. We're afraid of facing our bills. We're afraid of having a financial conversation with someone we love there is an underpinning of fear in that moment. And the, the the healthy move is to sort of question where where is that fear coming from? Maybe it is my mother's fears from the 80s <laughs> that I'm carrying into my life today. Or, you know, I read about something or I heard about something and now I think that this is just how it is. Like if, if, if I'm seeing couples divorce around me and the rumor is that it was about money, well, I'm going to talk about money now in my relationship. That feels risky. That feels like it could lead to a, a fight. Um, but I always say like, whose life are you living? Whose story are you living? You know, like that's not, that's not genuine or authentic to you. So now with an adult with agency, you can change that, that narrative. So I, I hinted it earlier because, I mean, look, I was just watching, I think it was Taraji oh, P. Henson. Yeah. Um, oh. It's so gutting. You know, we know there is a pay gap, especially in Hollywood, especially yeah. as a person of color, a woman of color. Forget oh, it. 
And she's in tears because she's considering leaving the industry because, you know, not only does she get paid less, but then she has to pay out so much like everybody else in Hollywood to their managers and their agents and their publicists and the stylists. And like, by the time you come home, we think they're on the red carpet. Their name is on the billboard. They're in this movie with Brad Pitt. They must be cashing in. They're making a teacher salary. Yep. As you have been interviewing so many people in Hollywood and you yourself have worked on the periphery of Hollywood. um, What's the state of the, of the union right now with, with pay and wages. And I mean, I love that she spoke out, but I just don't know if it's going to affect change. Uh, I mean, I don't either. I hope that um, I kind of, when I don't know how things are going to go, I, I look back at history Um, I do feel like when women started speaking out during the Me Too movement and Time's Up in Hollywood, things did start changing because certain men would step up to the plate and they would say, mm-hmm. uh, like, I think, I forgot who did it, but there, I think Jessica Chastain's co-host, some, there, was, there were some issues, I think, and then some people stepped yeah. up to the plate, but I do think that it changed mm-hmm. um, slightly. And there's something called favored nations, uh, which in my business, people throw that word around a lot now. And I had never heard that until the last few years, which is like me and my co-host would get the same um, pay, which when I was doing my show in Chicago, I got a third less than my male co-host and my black female co-host got paid less than me. And we didn't know until, you know, it came out later, but it was like all of the bad stereotypes played out in that job. And I think only recently have I started been or have I started to be paid with favored nations. So um, I do think that when people start speaking out, it emboldens other people to speak out because nobody wants to be like the the crybaby or the problem and lose work. And so she was gutsy enough to say something and maybe it'll embolden some other people too. And then I think there's power in numbers. And is it part of the reason why you're taking the lead and control, like pretty smart is your, your production, your card game company. Are there more of those types of projects that you want to pursue? Not only because you are ambitious and you have great ideas, but because there's also the reality of like, you get to pay yourself with all of those endeavors. Yeah. I, I have always felt like my best investment is me. Um, in some ways I, I know people, uh, joke around in creative industries. They'll say like, you know, it's just not a steady income or not a steady job. And I've sometimes felt more unsteady in paid positions in corporate life because my fate is totally not in my hands. Whereas with Pretty Smart, with um, any brand collaborations that I do with my card game, sure. Am I working sometimes more hours? Is it more stress? Yes. All of those things. But I'm in charge of my own destiny in many ways. And that to me feels better. It's, it's more empowering. And um, I, I also know that the upside is, is potentially larger, which is exciting. Yeah. You control the dial. That's uh, and, and yeah, no one, and you can call sick. <laughs> you can call in sick. Yeah. And by the way, no one's giving you side eye when you walk into work, which I'm sorry no. that happened to you. <laughs> and I've also felt empowered by learning because when you create a product like the amount of money that you waste in manufacturing and design, like anybody will tell you, it's just like you really have to start learning about money if you don't know already. And and really, it's the first time I've ever had a business plan 
Um, it's the first time I've had spreadsheets. It's the first time I've done a lot of things. Yeah. You mentioned you are um, freezing your eggs and I, and I applaud you for that. I think that's a really, um, it's you. very personal and brave move. And maybe going back to the questions theme, what were the questions you asked yourself to know that you were wanting this and, and prepared for this? Thank you for asking that. I actually asked myself a lot of questions because there's not a ton of research out there about egg freezing. Um, there's a lot about freezing your embryos, which is when you freeze the sperm and the egg together. Egg freezing is just the egg. And um, because it hasn't been around for as long, the statistics and the research are just not out there. And so I was really nervous. I asked a lot of doctors about the hormones. I'm, I'm a person who likes uh, no toxins in my body as much as possible. So I learned that they flush out in two weeks, which was important to me. And then I actually had seven questions or eight questions that I asked. Um, I won't bore you with them. I, I actually am posting them on my Instagram because they were not out there. I looked at so many blogs, so many websites, and nobody was telling me what questions to ask the clinics to see if they were a truly viable egg freezing clinic. So I put them together and had them double checked with the clinic that I ultimately went with. And that was really helpful because um, a lot of people say that they do egg freezing and they actually don't have high success rates in terms of dethawing and then implementation. And so those are the two things you have to really look out for. Right. That freezing is just the first step. Yeah. I have a friend who went through it. She has a daughter now, but it was many years and it was also many dollars in debt. And I think that's a question that, that I'm, I'm sure that's hopefully one of your eight, like financially, are you ready? And have you checked out all the resources? I know sometimes if you work for a company, they might offer you one round. It's really state by state. Cause like in Illinois, insurance covers a lot of it. Um, in California, they don't. And so, yeah, there's so many questions to ask yourself, so, yourself about the financials of it all. But um, I think as always, if you're really wanting to do something, you find a way. Um, like so, your mom said, like your mom said. Yeah. And I believe Aww. it. I think part of uh, achieving anything is just believing you can. Yeah. And showing up like you did. And also blind faith. I mean, you went with that friend to that diner. You didn't know where he was taking you or she was taking you. That's and you came prepared. Like it's preparing when no one else is and for what you don't know yet, but you just know this is a good investment of your time and your skills. Yeah. And when that lucky time comes, you will step up. Yeah. I hope you do write about luck. I'd be so interested. Yeah. I just think there's a lot to explore. I don't really know yet what where it would lead me. But I just think I see already there, people tense up when they talk about luck sometimes because they fear that again, it undermines. Mm -hmm. um, and luck works both ways, right? Like I think that's another thing to explore. Like you have been fortunate. It could have not been that way. I think there's a lot to explore there and maybe I'll come back and interview you about it because I think um, you're a great source of inspiration. Danielle Robe, thanks for sitting down with me. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I love Pretty Smart. I love everything you've built and your story and, and wishing you continued success professionally and personally in thank the new you. year. I really appreciate it. And uh, you're so fun to talk to. So thanks for having me on. Thanks so much to Danielle for joining us. A link to her podcast, Pretty Smart, where I'm on today in our show notes 
stick around because on Friday's episode, Ask for News, I'm going to announce the five winners, each of whom will receive a copy of A Healthy State of Panic. If you took my survey in December, make sure to listen on Friday to hopefully hear your name. Also on Friday, I'm going to be picking someone from the review section on Apple Podcasts to get that free 15-minute phone call. I will be doing this every Friday in 2024 to encourage you to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you back here on Friday. And until then, I hope your day is so money. Hosting the So Money Podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money Members Club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with Tap to Pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.